Hey, this is David Rovix with another weekly uh, episode of This Week with David Rovix, where we play music and talk to people who are doing notable things around uh, town or somewhere in the world. And today uh, we are joined by Rob Martineau with Ask Me 189 uh, here in Portland, Oregon. And um, we are uh, broadcasting on uh, KBOO's Facebook page, as well as on the Facebook page of Popular Resistance and my YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch pages as well. And uh, anybody who's watching on any of those platforms, feel free to share the broadcast. Of course, we're, we're talking about four people at the moment, but the numbers will grow as we, you know, and then we'll share the broadcast later and <laughs> all that live stream uh, podcast stuff. And uh, Rob, it's uh, there's there's uh, it's an eventful uh, m- moment in in uh, Portland labor history and in labor history in the United States uh, generally at the moment uh, during the, as the pandemic is uh, is going and there's strikes happening all over the country and and uh, that might be going on here in Portland uh, soon and uh, can you, can you bring us up to speed on on the situation with. Uh, municipal workers in this parsimonious municipality. I think the words go well together. Parsimonious, that's what I've been saying. It's a parsimonious municipality and, and it needs to be less parsimonious and more generous. And uh, and this it's just setting the stage for anybody who's watching from outside of Portland. This is the most rent burdened city in the United States. My rent and the rent for the 50% of the people in this city who are renters is going up oftentimes by 10% a year. 10% a year, and they're tra- talking about offering you a, what, 1.6% increase in cost of living. What's what's the what's the situation? Well, first, I'd like to start off by saying it's uh, it's been amazing to watch a beautiful time in labor and a necessary time, and I am heartened by people across this country and certainly in our state and, and just metro Portland regional area who stood up for themselves and said, we, we will not go slowly into poverty, that we will stand up and, and be valued as workers, as the people that make things happen. And uh, that's where we're at as president of AFSCME Local 189 and the District Council of Trade Unions. And I, I want to explain that just a little bit. The DCTU, as we're called, is a council of six unions that bargain a contract with the city. We are the largest bargaining unit in the city of Portland with just about 1,200 city employees across every bureau in the city. And that doesn't just include AFSCME 189, but the IBEW, the machinists, the um, operating engineers, plumbers, and painters. We all, all of those that I talk about, you, you hear about separate contracts or union halls that they may have, but in this instance, we bargain as a collective in the city of Portland. And so where we're at in our DCT negotiations is we've gone through the all of the, the normal things that happen under PECPA, which is the Public Employee Collective Bargaining Act. And we have reached impasse. We reached impasse on December 20th. We were slow to move to each step. We, we bargained longer than the prescribed 150 days. We've been in mediation for over three months when 14 days and one meeting is what's required. And we've met numerous times, probably 10 or 12 times we've met um, and and continue to try and reach agreement without a disruption to services and without a, a labor, a labor action, a labor stoppage. And 
self-remedy, which for those that don't know means strike. I think that's what commonly people think. And we don't, we don't march towards that lightly. That's a, that's a major, major step. And it's nothing that we are spoiling for. We're not trying to get there. Getting to a strike is the easiest possible thing. You just say no, no, no. And that's where you end up. That's not what we're doing. We're really trying to find a way that the city can value their workforce in a meaningful way and allow us as Portlanders to really live, work, play, volunteer, and engage in the community of the city we serve. And that it really is about dignity and being valued for the work we perform. And how many city workers would you say actually live in the city of Portland? I mean, at, at this point, I would imagine that it's a minority. Uh, I, I would have to probably follow up with you on exact numbers. I do know that it has declined. We have certainly seen folks uh, economically displaced, moved further out, uh, east, south, I mean, in, in nearly every direction. Certainly, there's uh, a significant number of city employees that live across the river in Vancouver. So, yes, over time, as I hear about folks who are, are working to own a home or, or, you know, enjoy that housing stability, I find that it's more and more often further away. I, I don't have an exact number for you, yeah. but it, yeah, sure. But it's yeah, of course, coming yeah. up because coming up with st- such a statistic on the on on the fly is a is one thing. But but the, the 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 general trend is clear, right? People are leaving the city constantly, and it's it's just a a very transient uh, place because of uh, how unaffordable it, it becomes uh, year after year. And yet, uh, and then in the situation of of people working uh, for the city. I mean, a lot of people might expect that people going into civil service or people working for government agencies, uh, there's a lot of a set of assumptions that a lot of people might tend to make about good benefits, good health care, good salary, good retirement. Uh, what, 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 what's the, the, the real situation? I, I get the impression is very different. We're talking about increases in, in salaries that do not keep up with the cost of living. Absolutely. And I, I want to be clear that when we're talking about bargaining, we're talking about the totality of our agreement, the totality of a compensation. So I noticed that, on the page, I mean, people who want to get into the details can look at the at the Ask Me page and, and get into the really fine nitty gritty details about like uh, dozens and dozens of different aspects of this whole negotiations process, just in case, you know, people want to really geek out on it. It is it is about far more than just salaries. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are there are certain certifications or other recognitions that our, our employees, our members are expected to have, and recognition for some of those that we do think is is really important. Uh, things around commercial drivers, things around shift differentials. I mean, there's a known impact to, to a person's life, health, work-life balance when you work a second or third shift, and yes. appropriate premiums for those are, are a very important piece of this. Keeping pace with inflation is important, but the reality is, is wages have declined. Wages have not kept pace with the wages, regardless of the, and inflation has eclipsed that uh, year over year. And we're seeing under 5% unemployment. There, We are at full employment. To some extent, I understand there, there's so much value in public service. And so many of the people really enjoy the work they do in serving Portland. But you come to a point where it's just not fair to yourself or your family to continue to work for less. Uh, 
And when I say total compensation, we do have a benefit package that includes, you know, a healthcare package and a retirement package. But if you're making the wages to buy those things individually, now we're talking about total compensation. And, and when the, when you can make more money at a different employer and then pay for those benefits separately, or they may be included at, a, at some other level, that bottom line, city workers, city employees, our membership are not willing to go backwards and see the work that we've done to, to work together to serve the city be eroded. And that's, that's really where we're at. And it is up to city council. City council is the decision maker. They are who approves the budget and their agents at the table uh, through human resources and labor relations have been clear that they have kept them up to speed. I, I absolutely take them at their word. And so for us, it's part of the electeds in, in this city recognizing that Portland's a union town and they need to value their workforce appropriately. And at City Hall, there's going to be a rally at 2 p.m. on Saturday, uh, speaking of uh, city council. And, you know, we've, this is, we're coming into the third year of the pandemic here, and so many of the workers we're talking about uh, working for the municipality, working for the city, the county, the state as well, they're, we're, they're what we call essential workers. And I wonder how much do you think essential workers have been actually uh, awarded for their service in, in ways other than uh, applause? Well, that's actually one of the things that's very much on the table. We had negotiated language in our contract in 2017 that said, if you are directed to come to work in, in a time when the mayor or their designee has closed the city, that you would receive uh, equal compensation for that. Uh, in some of these situations, folks are told to stay home and they would receive that compensation. In some cases, they may be able to work from home. In some cases, it's for for their own safety. Commonly, this is snow events, but that could be for any event, certainly a pandemic or epidemic. It could be an act of war. I would say we, we do represent numerous folks in the police bureau in, in non-sworn capacities. It also could be the big shake when, you know, eventually that will happen. And we have members who are absolutely essential in you know, building inspectors is a great example of that. We want to know that buildings are safe for re-entry after, after an earthquake. So th there are so many ways in which people can be essential depending on the circumstance. And yes, DCTU members do that work across the city in, in nearly every, every bureau. And so, as, as you mentioned with the earthquake, uh, the earthquake uh, things being up to earthquake code and such, there, there's such a such a uh, intersection between the uh, rights of workers to uh, all the different all, all the different aspects, many of the different aspects that are in the, the contract you guys are negotiating. There's such an intersection between those those things and the safety of the public as well in, in so many ways as, as, and the safety of, of, of the workers as well. I mean, I, I'm thinking of the, the tornado that just destroyed so much of uh, Kentucky and, and so many of those union uh, of those non-union workers who were, who had to stay on the job because they were worried about, uh, well, they were told in uh, point blank, they'd be fired if they, if they left the uh, assembly line in, in the candle factory and, and sought uh, shelter from the storm. And then they died, and and that's a, that's a real direct connection between the 
sort of uh, yeah, being not being in the union and the, the kinds of consequences that, that we all w- would rather avoid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's so often. I think unions uh, get characterized as uh, about about the money, but it really is not just about the wages, but those benefits and those working conditions. And unions, yes, are born out of economics, but more so out of safety. And that's of critical importance to us when we are negotiating uh, certainly things like reentry programs. And as we start to return to work, what will that look like? Vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And I, I hate to say it even versus. I mean, there are many people with reasonable and appropriate exceptions to a mandate. But at how are employees allowed to remain safe and comfortable doing the critical work of the city, providing those services? And, and not fear for their lives. No one should have to fear for their lives by going to do their job. And delivering those services is critically important. And it really is essential to the livability of Portland in, in so many ways. Certainly, we represent a large number of folks in the Portland Water Bureau. From Bull Run, where the treatment occurs, to the maintenance, the repair on the main breaks, and even the installation of new services and fire suppression systems as Portland frankly, struggles to grow housing. We're doing everything we can. We've passed a bond. Our folks in the Housing Bureau are, are working just as, as furiously as they can to, to make sure that good, affordable housing is coming online. And, and our people in the development services, BDS, we want Bureau of Development Services. I know I, I've, I've heard you know, folks in construction complain about permits or the permitting process, but frankly, you want to know that 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 structure is habitable. You want to know that the electrical and the plumbing and all of the systems in a in a dwelling are are up to code and appropriately sized. And it's these are the services that we provide every day. You know, and and that's absolutely. There's no right. shame in being compensated appropriately for the for the work that we provide to our city. And there's a long-standing problem of not being compensated and not being, uh, not 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 being, basically first-class citizens in this society as as uh, as city workers and so many of these and so many of the different jobs for the workers you represent. I mean, we're, we're, we're there's uh, at what point uh, is uh, this progressive city council that we always have uh, because the city council in this city is always progressive. I, I don't I mean, I don't think we've ever, I, I can't know. I don't know when the last time is we've had a city council that represented itself as anything other than progressive, but it seems to me that there's certain uh, notions of uh, progressivism that need to be reflected in how government workers are paid. I mean, if government workers are not paid with the kind of, uh, with the kind of respect and dignity and 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 numbers that that would be expected of the job in the private sector, then what does that say? I mean, you know, they, I think it seems like government workers should be the 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 baseline uh, rather than uh, you know, oftentimes uh, the, the 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 worst paid uh, of of the uh, you know people are often leaving jobs to go find other jobs in the private sector, and that that, that doesn't seem like uh, that should be the constant process well we we do see that and i've seen it a lot in the last uh, during you know since the pandemic certainly a lot of folks have have uh, changed where they work they've resigned left the city um, that is occurring and it continues to occur i i do want to be 
clear that the city is a good place to work and, and generally can be a, a very good employer. I will also say that the unions in the city have the often tough task of helping the city be the employer they think they are or that they want to be. And so uh, helping get them to a place where workers feel uh, valued as they do that work is is really at the, at the forefront of what we do. I, my intent isn't to, to, to beat upon the city with this, but the decision maker lies with city council and it is often too easy to ignore your own labor force while looking at the other challenges in Portland. I won't say anything to, to diminish the, the importance of the work that's happening around uh, unhoused, unsheltered folks in our community. That's, that's really of critical importance. Uh, changes that are occurring in some of the police response, Portland emergency response, and some of the other things to really help folks who are in, in crisis. That is critical work, and we also support and help in that work. And and so it is a matter of priorities, but I, I do think that it is time for city council to reevaluate how they are prioritizing and to the level they're prioritizing their workforce. There's a lot of work to do here in this city, and, and our members are here to help. We're doing the work now. We're trying. No one goes to no one I know goes to work to, to just get by or mail it in. We're trying to do everything we can to improve. And we realize we're in a challenging time and have been. But at some point it is us and our families who need to that we need to consider as we as we continue our employment. Rob, I don't want to I don't want to put you on the spot with with big philosophical questions here, but it seems like as as the the city does ramp up its response to the housing crisis in so many ways and as there are so many more efforts to try to deal with the, this constantly escalating problem not only of course in portland but all over this country and uh, it's a problem that way uh, long uh, predates the the pandemic and it just seems like no matter how much uh, more affordable housing gets built and no matter how much more sort of efforts at at, at uh, you know, city funded initiatives, there are the, the problem just gets worse. And it just seems like uh, the, the what what one thing that constantly is happening is the rise in the cost of housing. Right. And uh, uh, what, what do you what do you think? Do, 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 you, do you stop and think about the broad picture here in terms of like if, if you were if you could wave a magic wand, what kinds of changes would be made that could actually uh, uh, get ahead of the ball here in terms of the, the, the ever worsening housing crisis. You think about rent control. Wow. I, I will say that is a giant philosophical question and there are so many directions to go on that. I, I would also say that, that as, as a union, that's not a place where I, I can speak to personally. I, I could go a lot of directions on that. This Clearly, we have to find a way. We, we have started to fund it in a meaningful way. We've passed housing bonds. We are looking for better solutions. I, I will applaud the city's, city council's efforts to, to look for new ways in, in, in camps, in um, just many of the programs are trying to initiate to, to create a space, to create the wraparound services. 
I'm glad that I'm not the one that has to come up with those ideas because it seems like every idea that comes up, whoever says it becomes the villain about the one thing it can't do or the two things it can't do when it may solve a hundred, but the hundred and five things that had to be done weren't. And, and it's, there's so much competing, I guess, often just rhetoric around and how we solve this. Uh, I, I'm glad that that is not the, the main focus of, of what I do. Um, for, for my work for the city and, and with, with membership, I am glad to see council looking and trying, collaborating with the county. I don't know. It does feel like a constant pedal. The, the more we put in, the more we need. And that's where I do think that, that council needs to re-examine priorities. And I don't, I don't know the scope of the problem in dollars, but I feel like if we have a billion dollar problem and you throw a hundred million at it, right? What improvement do you have? Have you just smoked a hundred million? And what yeah. could that hundred million have done otherwise? I mean, in in supporting people in the city, and if I say specifically, city employees, there are people that live and work and volunteer and really create and help aid in the uplift of those in their community. And so there's, there's an opportunity for the city to be a model employer rather than reluctantly brought to the table. You know, I, I think in, in the, in the popular imagination uh, to, to the extent that people have uh, an image of what a union organizer is like on the popular imagination, it's a, a firebrand standing on a soapbox talking about working class solidarity. Uh, but in, in reality, I find uh, that that one, one of the things that characterizes union organizers oftentimes is, is their ability to be extremely diplomatic in their communication. Uh, and, and that, I think, uh, it always impresses me. And I think, I, and I just wonder if you have something to say about that. I mean, in terms of the fact that you guys are constantly, constantly in some kind of a position to be bridging divides of so many kinds, working with a membership who vote for different political parties, uh, to take one example of a divide that exists in this society, and uh, and yet uh, they managed to be in the same union uh, and uh, having having the, working in, in favor of the same basic interests. And I wonder if you have any thoughts on that situation. Well, I and, I can really I can appreciate the 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 recognition of that there i think at the baseline being effective is more important than being loud and i absolutely have been to the rallies and been uh cheering and pumping fists and that's an important component absolutely turnout and engagement of our community and our membership in support of these campaigns is critical but at the end of the day it's not about a combative relationship it's about getting to an agreement and our employer continues to be our employer. And we work together to not only provide the services for the city, but provide for ourselves in that process. And really recognizing that the goal isn't the the war uh, or the battle, but the, I don't even want to say to some extent the war, it's, it's that this will pass. We need to get through this. We need to treat each other appropriately and fairly and respectfully and get back to the business of running this city at the highest possible level. So yeah, that that is the goal that keeps it from just being, it, it's easy to be mad and it's easy to stay mad, 
but that doesn't serve the interests of both sides in a, in a conversation. When you're actually trying to accomplish something. Yeah. <laughs> easy to do that, easy to stay. No, that's, that's a great answer. And it's also a classically diplomatic answer to the question as well, which kind of like <laughs> illustrates my point. <laughs> Rob, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I, I think um, we'll just uh, tell everybody to, to come out to the to the rally on uh, at uh, at City Hall on uh, on Saturday at two p.m. here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, to whoever is actually watching from the Portland area on the internet, you never know. But for the folks in Germany, you know, probably you, you can't can't come, you know. But yeah, not with the airlines the way they are right now. <laughs> no, don't try it. You won't, you'll never get here on time. Yeah. Take care, Rob. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And that was uh, Rob Martineau from uh, Ask Me. And um, I hope to see uh, see folks at the rally on Saturday um, here in Portland, Oregon. And whether you're in Portland, Oregon or not, I thought that after uh, talking with Rob, I would... Um, uh, well, I'm going to be singing at the at the rally um, on Saturday, uh, which is uh, how I actually heard about it happening um, because uh, one of the organizers uh, uh, contacted me and said, uh, "Can you come sing at the rally?" And. I really like it when things happen that way. It's very direct and um, saves me from having to find out what's going on. My headphone came off here. What is the problem here? Ah, here we go. Okay. Huh? Oh, there's still no noise. Hmm. Aha. I've been uh, outsmarted by my smart headphones. It has a lock on it. It has a lock, like on the thing where, where you, you you put in the the headphone um, cable. And if you don't lock it, then it can just fall out. So. But I um I was I was figuring on a, a set that I might do at the at the rally if I you know to probably more songs than I'll actually do at the rally but but just in case you know it's always good to have songs prepared when you're working two jobs and living in a tent room 
When a house costs a million bucks and you can't pay the rent When politicians say they'll help but it keeps getting worse Each time the landlord lobby pulls the strings of the purse When the human right to housing isn't even part of the debate You know you're living in a failed state of citizens are spending half their lives locked up in a prison for trying to survive when laws must be broken just to have a place to stay when the prisons pay the senators to look the other way if you have to be a criminal to put food upon your plate you know you're living in a failed state climate breakdown when the trees are all on fire when half the country's underwater when a climate change denier runs the nation and the opposition party votes for oil rigs and pipelines it's not so much a country as it is a corporation buckling under its weight you know you're living in a failed state an empire facing daily blowback and the only thing your leaders can think to do is attack bipartisan consensus that we need to spend 700 billion before the year's end on a military budget to make america great you know you're living in a failed state Some cycle with a gun has to open fire on a crowd before it's done. When a music festival becomes a free fire zone, and all they can say is it's okay now he was acting alone. Buy some armor, pray to God, and hide behind the gate. You know you're living in a failed state. You know you're living in a failed state. You know you're living in a failed state. And then, next in the set list, in the in the Saturday 2 p.m. at City Hall Strike and Solidarity with City Workers set list. Gather around, all you workers, whether you have a job or not. You who pick the tomatoes You who grow the pot You who stay home to raise the children You that record the sound You who flip the burgers All you workers gather round Gather round, all you workers, all of you who write the code, you who teach the children, you who pave the roads, you who run the freight trains wherever they be bound, you who drive the buses, all you workers gather round. You workers, 
struggling to pay the rent. You who work a second job and wonder where all the time went. You there in the sleeping bags, shivering on the ground. In the houses, on the sidewalks, all you workers gather round. around all you workers all you actors on the screen you who point the cameras and write for the magazines you who launch the missiles you who fire from the ground you who fly the helicopters all you workers gather round You workers, gather round, and you will know that gathered all together, we can vanquish any foe. As sure as we're made of water, so history has found. The workers have the power, all we workers gather round. hoodie off if I were Mr. Rogers I'd, I'd I'd describe what I was doing but sticking with the protest at City Hall at 2 p.m. on Saturday solidarity with the city workers set list They're essential workers, so many of these people. It's been a year since the virus arrived. A year since in this country half a million died. A year since all the borders were starting to be sealed A year since the hospitals were sprouting the fields No question for anyone living around here It's been a year It's been a year since the cafes all closed Since the dates on the calendars froze as the windows turned to plywood and the plywood turned to art And unless you were essential or worked in the food cart Then you just had to cope with the anxiety and fear It's been a year It's been a year since the wheels in motion 
led to an uprising on each side of the ocean exposed by the pandemic by inequality by 929 of the neck beneath the knee a time of counter demos for a while a coup scene here it's been a year years since canceling the rent a year since the last of the money was spent since so many saw we're all vectors for disease and there is such a thing as society since the words mutual aid became ones you'll commonly hear along with grim milestone it's been a year album of that title got taken down from Spotify, but it's still on Bandcamp. It'll be back up on Spotify eventually. Good to see everybody out there. I can see uh, comments if anybody's got anything to say. Uh, the comments so far are lovely. And, um, and uh, here's another song I was planning on singing if I were to take up half the, you know, rally or whatever. Uh, on Saturday, 2 p.m. in front of City Hall here in Portland in solidarity with the city workers who are possibly going to be going on strike. It's at moments like these, everything is in the air. Possibilities, nowhere and everywhere. Now let's do the song properly. Take two. It's at moments like these, everything is in the air. Possibilities are nowhere and everywhere. Gotta break a law, break a bone to set it. Now all we are is broke. A lot of folks are saying it's time to be woke. And they're not talking about microaggressions, but the really big ones. The basic assumptions, like the planet circling suns. But there are no natural laws that built your mansions or your tents. These are creations of society, just like mortgages and rent. It's a future of uncertainty. But our liberation can only be as free as our imagination. born and raised to believe it's sacrosanct that whoever has a whole lot of money in the bank deserves to then live off the wealth from the houses that they own and if they raise your rent you can move or take out a loan then how can you demand your human rights if you don't believe you have any as if you deserve your plight but if things were hard before now the system has flatlined time for those basic rights to be redefined it's a future of uncertainty, but our liberation can only be as free as our imagination. All these vaunted freedoms added to the Constitution as an afterthought after Shay's Rebellion did not include the right to land or the right to eat or the right for human beings not to be dying on the street it's moments like these 
Standing on the edge That we might catch the strongest breeze To land furthest from the ledge We can fly, you know All you need is wings We can house and feed each other Together we can do anything It's a future Of uncertainty But our Liberation Can only be as free as our imagination. It's at moments like these, everything is in the air. The possibilities are nowhere and everywhere. Ah, oh, there's Jamie Partridge. Hello, Jamie. He's the one who told me about this. Uh, protest coming up on Saturday at City Hall at 2 p.m. Uh, in, here in Portland, Oregon, and it was a pleasure talking to Rob Martino, and uh, if you want to see more of Rob as well as see Jamie and me and lots of other folks, then come to City Hall here in Portland, Oregon at 2 p.m. on Saturday and stand in solidarity with the workers of this parsimonious municipality. <laughs> That's my new uh, tongue twister. Parsimonious municipality. That's that'll be my uh, ESL tongue twister when I next have a class. I've never had a class, but I fantasize about teaching ESL, and and if I did, they'd all have to learn how to say parsimonious municipality ten times fast. I'd be a cruel ESL teacher. On the 1st of May, known around the world as International Workers' Day, you'll still see people marching in every corner of the earth. St. John to Santiago, Kerala to Perth, all keeping alive the fantasy, what could happen down the line? When the workers of the world combine. see us gathering early in the morn. Some are celebrating the shackles we have shorn. While so many billions are just waiting for the moment that we might stop losing the class war. When someday we can all say, yeah, we're doing fine. When the workers of the world combine. Arrives. Maybe it looks like maybe like a festival comes home and doesn't go away. Every race and gender, every walk and station, with the working class united, every land and nation. Then just watch what happens when we follow the same sign. When the workers of the world 
combined. The fifth month of the year, on the 1st of May, known around the world as International Workers' Day. Then a little labor history here. I mean, I, I I don't suppose I'll be taking up this much time at the rally on Saturday, but this is my this is my city worker solidarity two p.m. Portland at City Hall this Saturday rally set practice set for the live stream, and this is um hundred and two. Hundred and two and a half years ago, there was a monumental strike. The war came, men were drafted, many never made it back. Those who did discovered in their absence they'd got the sack. Tenements and squalor, both rats and people getting sick. What they had in common, life was short, death was quick. No one had a plan, what they were going to do. When all the men came back home and the ranks of the unemployed grew. The way the people had to live was no life at all. But it still came as a surprise. How many answered the call? If you weren't there, you'll never know just what it was like. And the whole city went on strike. City leaders and newspapers, in many ways they tried to do everything they could to widen the divide between good Canadians and those they called alien scum, between those who missed conscription and those who beat the war drum. When the veterans marched in Winnipeg, they marched for everyone. Under the banner of the working class, the one big union. Everybody left their jobs, whether organized or not. Even the policemen walked away, refused to embrace the rot. If you weren't there, you'll never know just what it was like when the whole city went on strike. deputized the scabs soon they shot two men who died in the city center on the hour when the scabs rampaged through the city attacking anyone in the street trapping people in alleyways not even allowing them to retreat soldiers occupied the city people hadn't eaten in weeks the prospects for victory began to look bleak People went back to their jobs, if indeed they even could. The bosses said they'd seek revenge, and many of them would. If you weren't there, you'll never know just what it was like when the whole city went on strike. Strike leaders were imprisoned, from where several were elected to the Canadian Parliament. 
and a monument was erected at Maine and Portage, where a streetcar was overturned, driven in by strike breakers on the spot where it was burned. It was a century ago, but life is often still defined by which side you were on. On that picket line, was your grandpa shot in the heart? Or did they break his leg when the working class rose up and shut down Winnipeg? If you weren't there, you'll never know just what it was like when the whole city went on strike. If you weren't there, you'll never know just what it was like when the whole city went on strike. Canadian labor history. Somebody's happy to hear a little. Well, that makes me want to do a little more Canadian labor history. Now, this next song, this is also Canadian labor history, but it's uh, not necessarily related to the protest at City Hall in two p.m. at two p.m. on Saturday here in Portland. But it is, nonetheless, perhaps a a relevant song to do on the week of the anniversary of the January 6th events. Because they keep on talking about it a lot, all the politicians. They like to make reference to the last time uh, the uh, you know there were shots fired in the Capitol building and all that. This is a song about that last time. August 1814... Robert Ross was from Ross Trevor. He was born in County Down. His family was given land there by the British Crown. He was a man born of the gentry, born with wealth and fame, but he joined the British Army to serve his queen and make his name. In the Napoleonic Wars, he fought in many lands, in Holland and in Spain, in the far-off Egyptian sands. He was wounded there in battle, came back to fight another day, and he was sent off to attack the USA. York had been sacked and burned by invading Yankee men, but the Canadians regrouped, chased the Yankees home, and then the British Navy made its way to the shores of D.C. town, where General Ross burned the White House down. The year was 1814, the U.S. was in retreat, it was a Canadian victory and American defeat. Without the French to help them, they got their ass whipped by the crowd when General Ross burned the White House down. The place had just been constructed only 12 years before, but it had to be rebuilt. Soon after this disastrous war, the president turned tail and ran like a raggedy clown when General Ross burned the White House down. He was killed a few months later. Irish rebels stopped him in his tracks. He was buried in Nova Scotia, in the town of Halifax. He might have been forgotten, but he'll forever be renowned. He's the man who burned the White House down. He's the man who burned the White House down. And let's see. We'll get back to the more of the subject closer to at hand. Um, here's a song about the uh, first 
person that I know of who died of COVID-19 while being an essential worker in the U.S. in the U.S. driving a bus in Detroit. He got sick in March 2020, died at the beginning of April. His name was Jason Hargrove. Pandemic is spreading. The health system's collapsing. You can watch it all unfolding on the screen. If you're afraid to go outside, enough groceries to hide. It may have been weeks since you have seen someone you can touch and you miss it so much as you wonder what might happen next like when your savings run out and the choice is all about what kind of help you might be able to expect or perhaps when covid arrived while some struggle to survive you were what they call essential it didn't take long to see you got that wrong the word they really meant was expendable it didn't take long to see there was no emergency plans in place for something which all the scientists knew was just a matter of when there'd be a pandemic again and the kleptocrats in power didn't have a clue otherwise why did jason hargrove die because he kept keeping on waking before dawn to do his part for society jason drove his bus he didn't even make a fuss at the time of free impropriety somebody coughed the virus was off not two weeks later jason would be dead what if he had protective gear with sick passengers so near with no barrier to protect his head why Did Jason Hargrove die? Stay home, flatten the curve, they say, unless we need you to serve food for us or care for all the ill. In that case, we'll call you a hero, like the workers at Ground Zero, where one by one the cemetery filled. Now in every bus and truck, the drivers try their luck, essentially told, thank you for your service if these were the front lines no one put up any signs did anybody sign up for this why did jason hargrove die once the death rate peaks in days or months or weeks with each one of the viruses waves once we can take stock and recover from the shock of the sight of all of the mass graves will this be the impetus this driver on a bus along with so many many more the nurses and the prisoners seafarers and farm workers what will they all die for why Did Jason Hargrove die? Why? Did Jason Hargrove die? Well, it's been a pleasure. If you're tuning in late at the first 20 minutes or so, I was talking with Rob Martineau, one of the Ask Me uh, Union 
uh, representatives of the movement that is part of the potential strike that may be happening among the municipal workers in this parsimonious municipality here in Portland, Oregon. And there's going to be a rally at City Hall at 2 p.m. on Saturday. And I'll be there with this mandola and hope to see you there as well. Um, if you're, whenever it is you're tuning in, if you want to, uh, this will be archived uh, on the uh, video section of KBOO's Facebook page as well as on Pop Popular Resistance and my own Facebook page and my YouTube channel, Twitter channel, uh, Twitch channel, and uh, it will be also up as a podcast if you look for it this week with David Rovix, wherever podcasts are found. Um, do one more song and um, hope to see local folks on Saturday at 2 p.m. at City Hall. Come all of you good workers, good news to you I'll tell of how the good old union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? 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 My daddy was a miner. I'm a miner's son. And I'll stick with the union till every battle's won. Which side are you on? 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 I hear in Harlan County There are no neutrals there You'll either be a union man Or a thug for J.H. Blair Which side are you on? 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 Don't listen to their lies Us working folks ain't got a chance Unless we organize Which side are you on? 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 So shoulder to shoulder In union we will stand We'll beat the scabs and bosses So come and lend a hand Which side are you on? 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 Solidarity, fellow workers. If you're local in Portland, Oregon, I'll see you on Saturday at City Hall at 2 p.m. in solidarity with the city workers in this parsimonious municipality who should be going on strike anytime soon if they want to get the goods because direct action gets the goods. You know that, right? History proves it. Even recent history proves it. Keep on keeping on. Till next time. Bye for now.